This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 87. And the quote of the day is from Victory Frankel, who said, Don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you're going to miss it. Success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a goal greater than oneself. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And wow, it feels... It feels like so long since I've done a podcast, and it's only been a week. Uh, last Monday, I intentionally didn't do one because of all the, all the Nam nonsense that was going on, and I was traveling and and just a bunch of stuff going on. But Nam was amazing, and there's a bunch of things that I'm going to be announcing from the Nam conference. Uh, some some agreements and some working relationships that are be going that are going to be going on between Drummers Resource and some other people, which is great because it's going to be more content for everybody and just a lot. A lot of cool stuff going on, so I can't wait to share all that stuff with you guys. And that'll be, uh, yeah, like I said, that'll be all getting getting announced soon. I can't say anything yet, but I'll be talking about it soon. Also, at the end of every episode, I'm going to start with a question of the day, and um, so I want you guys to to respond in the in the show notes of the of the podcast. So the question of today, it's normally going to be at the end, but I just wanted to hip you guys to it now. The question for today is what are you currently struggling with? Uh, I want to know, you know, what what's going on behind the kit, uh, you know, out in front of the kit, what's going on with your with the business side of things or your playing or, or anything that that you can express that you're having some some trouble with so we can or so I can, uh, you know, tailor some of the content on the site and on the podcast toward that. So keep me in the loop with that. So let me know what you're struggling with. That's the question of the day. Also, I am doing a webinar I, this Monday, tonight, actually, if you're listening to this on, on Monday the 2nd. I'm doing a webinar tonight on how to grow your fan base and how to get more followers and more interactions and ultimately more gigs through social media, email lists, and your website. So if you want to check that out, head over to drummersresource.com forward slash register, and it's 100% free to sign up. And yeah, check it out. And even if you are listening to this after Monday, I'm doing one of these webinars once a week. So head over to drummersresource.com forward slash register to check it out. The interview that I have today is Nathaniel Townsley, who I got introduced to, to Nathaniel through uh, Rob, the owner of GMS Drums, and Nathaniel's a GMS Drums artist, and I'm so glad that he connected us because I've been a fan of Nathaniel's for years, and I love his playing. Uh, he's played with Mariah Carey and Corey Glover and Will Downing and a, and a ton of other people, and he is just a monster behind the kit, but understands the musicality and and the groove of playing with artists which is which is a refreshing thing to see so let's get into this interview so you can get to know him a lot better like i got to know him so here we are nathaniel townsley nathaniel thanks so much for doing this man how you doing today i'm good how are you man it's a pleasure to to be here thank you (laughs) absolutely man i'm glad that i'm glad that we got this hooked up and i always like to get the backstory of of how people got into playing and how they got the drumming bug and everybody's story is different and everybody came up differently. So tell us about you and tell us and tell us more about you and, and how you got into playing. Well, I always, I always say that it, God just gave me that gift because I can't remember a time that I didn't love the drums, you know? Hmm. So, um, I just, I just came out that way, and I know that that's only God could do that. Right. So how you don't you don't remember ever a time not playing? No. Hmm. I remember as a little kid, I, and I still can remember as a little kid that I would use straws, I would use um, hangers. <laughs> my mom's silverware, pots, pans. The I would set pots and pans next to the the washing machine and dryer because it had such a sound. <laughs> so, 
I mean, I I use anything that I could use that could be used like sticks. I would just use pencils, pens, anything. (laughs) And I can remember that. Like, um, I remember the, I mean, I can remember things like the old Big Mac cartons Mm -hmm. at McDonald's. I used to set that up. We'd go to McDonald's and I would just hit that because if you leave it open, it had, you know, you could get a little sound out of it. I would set that up and use the cup as something else. And I mean, anything, anything, chairs, I would be on chairs, <laughs> I'd be on the floor, pots, pans, a dryer, because it had that big boom, that sound. <laughs> so right, right. I, I, was just, I was fascinated with that. I mean, anything, anything. And this is way before I even sat down on a drum set. Mm-hmm. So when, how old were you when you did sit down on behind a kit? Um, I can remember as far back as being about three years old. Wow. Wow. Um, I grew up in a, uh, um, uh, I'm a PK with a preacher's kid, so mm-hmm. um, we had, you know, we we had drums and organ and keyboards in our church, and the music was very much a part of the ministry. You know, sure. My dad is a, you know, at the time, being a kid, my dad had his own career in music. He had a couple of records and a choir group, so he sang and played keys. My mom sang. And my aunts and uncles, they sang, you know. So my grandfather was a singer. And my father told me that my grandfather played a little bit of drums, too. So um, it was just, again, it's just, you know, I was just surrounded by it. Right. And I can remember as far as, I can remember being three years old. My uncle played the drums at the church at the time. But I can remember at three years old, sitting down on the set. Hmm. Man, I wish I started when I was three. (laughs) (laughs) That explains a lot. Now I know why you play the way you do. (laughs) Now, you you know, you mentioned a lot of, of your family being musicians, so... It's. I think it would suffice to say that it, it's in your blood, you know, that, that you've been given this, this God-given talent. But then, you know, as Will Smith says, talent only takes you so far, and then it turns, and then you have to hone your craft and really develop your skill. So what was the, what was the journey that you took to really, to really hone in on that skill? Because you have tremendous feel, you have chops, you can groove. I mean, you can, you can play any styles of music as you've showcased with playing with Latin pop stars and playing with, you know, recording with Mariah Carey and Drew Hill and playing jazz and, and everything that you do. So how did you really, how did you hone that craft? So walk us down that road a little bit about, about how you really took that skill, that God given or that God given talent and turn that into a well-crafted skill. Well, I mean, that just, to me, that just has to do with the love and the passion that you have for, for, like, I can remember at three years old, I wasn't tall enough to reach the foot pedal. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't tall enough to close the hi-hat, you know, but I would close the hi-hat and I would put my foot on top of the ball of the pedal and push it to the bass drum. Mm-hmm. To get the sound out of the bass drum, you know, it's just, I, you know, when you have that kind of love and that kind of passion and you're that driven to do something, you know, then you, you just do it. And sure. so I just did it. Um, I grew up listening to gospel music so much because my mother wouldn't allow any other kind of music. Right. In the no secular music. You know? <laughs> No secular music. So but when I go, I walk in the street or whatever, or go to my friend's house, then they would play the R&B music. So that's when I would hear Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder, Chaka Khan, Isley Brothers, and, you know, Chaka Khan Rufus, and um, 
Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, then I would hear all of that. You know, the whole mm-hmm. Motown, Michael Jackson, all of, I would hear all of that stuff. Right. Uh, cool and the Gang. Um, um, what's the group? Commodores, Sinners. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle. You know, I would hear that stuff, and I like the groove. So when I got as by the time I got to be a teenager and I was old enough to be able to listen to what I wanted to listen to, my radio stayed on 24-7. Even right. when I wasn't home, my radio was on. Mm-hmm. I would put tape, I would put a, a tape in there and, you know, and the radio and record any song that I liked. And I would just go from channel to channel. So, one song could be an R&B song. Another song could be a pop rock song. Another song would be a, a contemporary jazz tune. You know, just mm-hmm. it would just it would just stay on record and pause just in case I heard something. Right. <laughs> and um, that's that's a, you know I would go between uh, WBLS. I would go from WBLS to Light FM to. Um, uh, CD 101.9, um, it used to be, uh, what was it, Z100, mm-hmm. Power 105, WPLJ, and then KISS FM, and then, you know, uh, then it would be, uh, the, uh, 88.3 to jazz uh, WBGO. Right. So I would I would scale the the whole radio. I would scan the whole spectrum of of the radio and just if I heard something that I liked, I would record it. I heard something that I like, I would record it. And I would just listen to music nonstop. Right. And there was so many and you know, and just having that in my system and I played in jazz band and concert band at school, you know, and um, I went to school with Gregory Hutchison, who is an amazing drummer. I actually just and released I a, uh, I, I, I just released an interview with Greg uh, this Monday, yesterday, actually. Yeah, he's great, man. <laughs> wow. He's great. He's incredible. Yeah. And he was, he was great when we were teenagers, you know. Right. So I played trumpet and he played drums. Oh. I never said it. I never, yeah, I never said anything. Like now, he knew I played drums because he knew from the church scene. He knew Gerald Haywood because Gerald Haywood went to that school as well. Oh. But by the time I got there, Gerald Haywood wasn't there. So, I, I think he either transferred or because as a teenager he was already started playing. He was already gigging as a gospel drummer so right but um so we all come from that school and gerald and i grew up together so i guess greg knew who i was when i got to the school because he already spent the previous year with with gerald being in that school mm-hmm. and so i think gerald went to another school but um i never said anything about playing jumps after i heard him so the class <laughs> never knew the class, <laughs> the class never knew I played drums. <laughs> and my two best friends, Carl and Carlton, knew. Right. Other than that, nobody else knew I played drums. It's like, hey, and man, I, I hear you play drums. Play. You're I like, no, 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 I don't play. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so I had the pleasure of listening to him for three years in jazz band, which was amazing in itself. You mm. know, so those kind of experiences, you know, you can't you can't put a price on that, man. You can't you can't put a price on. Oh that. yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. And you know, going yeah. back to the stuff about listening to everything that you listen to about how you listen to all styles of music, it reminds me of something my buddy Brian Fraser Moore said that he's he's he says you are what you eat. So you know you can't expect to be a jazz drummer if you listen to rock all the time, or you can't expect to be a funk drummer if you're listening to fusion all the time or whatever. You know. He said, "You right, got to you right. got to really study that stuff and listen to it and and digest it and and start to understand it. Um, and the only way you can really do that is listen and listen and listen and listen. You know. Well, you you wanna you, you wanna 
you know, just like they say, you are what you eat. You know, you are what you listen to. You want to mm-hmm. digest, you know, where you're, who you're trying to be and where you're trying to go with right. your with your gift. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've always listened to music and the direction of where I was trying to go. These guys are master at it. They're masters at it, and I want to get to that place. Right. So I listen to those people. I listen to that kind of music. You know, sometimes I would listen to straight ahead jazz as well mm-hmm. you know, because I admire that talent as well. You know, sometimes I listen to some Latin music because I admire how they were able to groove and move inside that music, African music, um, anything that just, you know, whenever you love music, you just, you know, you take in as much as you can. Sure. You know, sure. It's almost yeah. like you can't get enough of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think the the disconnect is now with between between playing musically and playing with a lot of chops? Because you undoubtedly have a ton of chops, but you also know how to to pull the reins in, and you can just play a groove, and it sounds and feels really, really, really good. And I think that, you know, a lot of people will see you play and see your chops and then they go try to emulate that, but they don't understand all of the the backstory and, and the and the uh the groove work that you've put in as well. So what do you think is happening nowadays with everybody who's really focused on chops? Well, first of all, I definitely pre- appreciate your generosity in saying that you think I have a lot of chops. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a little bit. I wouldn't say a lot, but I have a little bit. It's just placement, you know. Um, it's when you're fundamentally sound, you know, you can sound like you're doing a lot of stuff without actually doing a lot. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference today is that I've seen whether what it whether we have a lot of chops or not, the way I grew up, we always listened to music. Music was always the focus. Mm-hmm. It wasn't how much chops I can gain. It was the music, you know, and just understanding the groove and understanding the story that the song is telling, you know, whereas today, because we have YouTube, now you can just go, like, you click on YouTube and it says, okay, uh, such and such solo. And you can just listen to that solo. Right. And it, you know what I mean? It just focuses right there. So you don't get the whole picture anymore because now you don't have to listen to the whole song to get to that. Right. You know? Right. And that, you know, the solo, if you pull the solo out of the tune, then it's out of context. It doesn't really make any sense. Exactly. You know? So, I mean, so because of the, because of the way, like, you know, growing up, you bought records. We we bought tapes. We bought CDs. Mm-hmm. You know? And today, now it's just downloads. So now you just, you know, it was, you know, it's a great time to me to buy a record and listen to the whole record. Oh yeah. You know what I mean, it's just it's just a certain story that the whole record would would tell, mm-hmm. you know, and how they go from one groove to another groove to another groove, and that the whole record it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you don't have to do that anymore, you know. So you, so I think guys are now the. The guys who are incredible. I love where drumming is going because these guys are just coming out with incredible chops, you know. But I don't think they concentrate on the context and placement and where the where to put it. Mm-hmm. So that makes that makes the person less of a musician, right? And you know. There's a two there's two kinds of people. You can play your instrument well or you can be a musician. Right. You know, so you can be a great drummer or you can be a great musician. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of great drummers 
they're less and less great musicians. Right. And the musicians are the ones that get hired, not the great drummers. Right. You know, I think uh, Ndugu Chancellor said it. He said, I've never, ever, ever been hired to do a drum solo. You know, he's been hired for records a million times, but never to do a drum solo or to do anything flashy, you know. Right, right. And now, not to say that that part, of, not to say that that part is not important either. Sure, like, sure. The other, the other side of it is, you know, what I don't like is how people down that this generation of drummers. I don't, I don't believe in downing that and getting down on them and telling them that they're doing it wrong or whatever. We're, our job is to share information. Right. We all, we all, we all are part of each other. Mm-hmm. You know. So if I hear a drummer with a lot of chops on us, and I say, you know what, man, you sound great. You should. Have you ever checked out this guy, or have you ever checked out this group, or have you ever checked out this artist? You should try checking out this artist. You know. Right. So that can make you more well-rounded. Mm-hmm. You know. You know that there's a, there's a way there's a way to encourage, you know, and share information without saying. Man, you and all those chops, man, you got to stop that stuff. You got to, you know. Right. It's a, it's a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Constructive criticism rather than, than yeah. beating someone yeah. down. Yeah, because it still takes work. Mm-hmm. It yeah. still takes work to be able to play like that. Right. You know? so, so you're obviously I, putting in the time, a, you know. Yeah, they're putting, in a, they're putting in the time. That takes work to be at ease on a drum set <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what i mean to be that comfortable and to have that much command on the drum set on a drum set that takes work right right and i don't want to tell somebody i don't want to negate all the work that they put into it right and tell them they because just wasted there their time a place for that sure yeah there's a place for that i mean especially now with dvds and everybody and there's so many clinic tours going on and all that kind of stuff and guitar center drum offs and all that kind of stuff you know there's a place for that now Mm -hmm. where you can make money doing that kind of thing you know so it's it's also you know you have to ask the question what do they want to be because some drummers really you know they love doing clinics. They love doing tour, the clinic tours. They love that open space and having open solos and all that kind of stuff. You know, so that's what they lean towards. If that's what they lean towards, then okay. Right. You know, but some people actually, just, they just want to play music. Like, I don't, I, I, I don't like to solo. Mm-hmm. I have to solo because the situations that I'm in, they say, okay, well, you're going to take a solo. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> you know, I'd much rather just play, just play the music and just do that. But I've, I've put some time in to learn how to solo. You know? <laughs> right. And that really is really based on the context of the music. Sure. You know? Sure. I think if I played the way that you do, I would, I'd be a jerk about all I would do is solo. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, get out of my way, man. <laughs> I'd be over I'd be overplaying all over the place. <laughs> I mean, it's that moment when you really feel like a song and you, you, you do wanna say something because that because that the song drives you that way. Right. You know, so there's some there's sometimes there is music that I'm playing and I, I okay, I do want a, a little space to speak because I'm inspired by that song. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't make it a point to say, okay, whoever I'm playing with, you know, all right, well, I'll play with you as long as there's somewhere where I get a solo. I, right. I never say that. I never say that. So now, what do, what's your reasoning for, for not liking to solo? Is it because you feel like it's not it's not as musical as, as playing with the, the rest of the band? Or is it something where you're like, I'm, I just don't have that ego and I don't need to do that to be happy? Well, I think that I think I think um, people expect you to they expect you to have that ego, you mm-hmm. know. Especially with if you have a little uh, if you have a little name, you know, then people think that okay, coming in you want a solo, and so 
when they say you want to talk, I'm like, no, I'm good. Let's just keep playing. Then, right. then they're surprised, like, wow, <laughs> you're, not, you're not cowardly, though. You know, people listen to you. You sure you don't want to? I'm like, no, I don't have to. You know, if there's a place for it, then okay, we'll do it. But don't come in assuming that I need to do that. Right. You know, so I think that there's, you know, when you have something, a little name, and, you know, there's certain people that may look at you and follow you, whatever artist you play for coming in, they think, okay, we got to make space for this guy a solo because he's, you know, I'm like, actually, no. Mm-hmm. I prefer I prefer just to, you know, I prefer just to play music and vibe with y'all, you know. Right. And if I feel it, then okay. It's, it's a natural fit. I like the natural flow and the natural feel of things. Mm-hmm. You know, because some days, some days is just not your day. Some days I <laughs> right. feel like, okay, I just don't have it today. Right. You know. Right. Welcome and, to my world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I had the chops Buddy Rich had, then I would, I would, I think I would walk around with that kind of ego. Right, right. <laughs> Be like, give me a solo now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what do you want to play tonight? I don't I care don't as long those. as I can solo. <laughs> right, yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't have those kind of chops. So uh, I just, uh, you know, it's all about the feeling and the, and the moment. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> You know, I, Jeff Picaro said the same thing, you know, where he said that he doesn't even, he never, he doesn't remember ever playing a drum solo, which is, you know, amazing. You know, yeah. he just didn't feel the need to and, and didn't really, uh, didn't really see the per- the point of it. So he just played the groove all the time. Yeah. So it's amazing. Let's, I want to talk a, a little bit about this. We were talking about the chops and groove thing. So let's, mm-hmm. let's role play a little bit here. Let's say I sit down with you one day and I have all these ridiculous chops and, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, now play a groove. And I'm not really grooving that well. What, what, what would your be, what would your advice be for me or, or how would you steer me in a different direction other than just suggesting uh, some different tunes to listen to? I would, <clears throat> What I would do is I would probably put on a James Brown song or a Steely Dan song, and I would say, just play the song. Just play it straight. Mm-hmm. Listen to the song, understand the arrangement, and then just play it, because there's no room for all of that. You, right. know, you have to put music to where all the elements are there, where all that's necessary is for you just to play the groove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I think that's what happens today is music is so, <clears throat> there are less and less categories than what we grew up with. You know, music is, so, everything is so meshed together. There's, a, there's this underlying fusion in everything now. Mm-hmm. So the music today just leaves that space for somebody to fill the music today just has that kind of space right um when we grew up everybody there were parts everybody had to play certain parts and all those parts made sense together Mm -hmm. and if you were out of that part then it didn't make sense right each part was a was a part of the foundation of the groove you know so when you listen to james brown and when you listen to songs like from Steely Dan or, uh, you know, anything like that. You know, there's, you know, now you have to play a part, you know, and your part is the groove. Right. And I would just, you know, I would just have you sit down and just play that. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and really, you know, it, I think that a part of the breakdown is that understanding the understanding the form of the tune, understanding who's playing what, accompanying other people rather than stepping on their toes, getting out of their way, um, you know, and really just supporting everybody else in the band or in the room to, to make sure that the music is breathing and has, has life to it rather than, you know, forcing everything. Well, it's also, yeah, that's true. And it's also just understand. I, I don't think um, 
a lot of guys today are taught to understand arrangement. Mm-hmm. They understand spaces that supposed to be filled, but they don't understand the actual arrangement of the song. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what's missing because, again, when you go on YouTube, you know, you get to you get to see whatever you want to see. If you want to, you there's a version of the song. And then there's a version with just a solo. Right. So if all you want is a solo, you don't have to listen to the song to get to the solo anymore. And it's and not going to make any sense. To the solo. And it's not going to make any sense. So, you know, we just, they're just not brought up that way. And that's, right. not, that's not their fault. That's why, you know, it's not their fault how times have changed. Right. You know. So that's why I don't believe in saying, okay, you're wrong for playing this way. You're wrong for doing it this way. Mm-hmm. And it, it, all I can do is share with them. I say, well, that's cool. Instead of going straight to the song, listen to the whole song. Right. How it all makes sense. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I've looked up, you know, like a, like Steve Gadd um, playing Take the A Train. And the first thing that pops up is the solo in that tune. And if you listen to that solo, outside of take the a train it doesn't make any sense you know and it's like well where why is he why is he switching through these through these different parts and everything and it's like well because he's playing the song and he's playing the melody but if you just listen to the solo you don't know what the melody is or 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 the the structure of the tune right so and i i totally see that now yeah i mean like if you you know what he's most known he's you know he's known for a whole lot Mm -hmm. you know but uh, if you just took his solo from Asia, you know, from Stilly Dance Asia, mm-hmm. then you're like, wow, you know, but it's within the way he played it, it was that space was made for him in the song. So it makes sense. Right. Everything that he did, you know, he played, he hit, makes the hits, boom, then he solos in that space. You know, so it makes sense to what's happening within the song. But listening to the whole song, you hear the subtleties and the, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it builds a, up to that, that part. Element. It builds up to that part. It just doesn't come out like that. Right. And, that, and that's what. A lot of guys don't build up to anything. They're not telling a complete story. They're right. Highlighting one part of the story over and over again. And especially with that tune, I mean, every you know, once it gets to that point, like you said, they make the space that everybody backs off, and it's like, okay, let's because you can't have right. him soloing with, you know, Becker and Fagan playing whatever they want, and everybody else playing all their, you know, it's just like it's too much. Right. So everybody just right. backs off and lets them go, but that's part of the tune. That's the part of the story, like you're yeah. saying. Yeah, but I mean, the tune is great. Not just the solo, but you know right, what I mean. Right. It's a great like, the whole the whole the thing. Whole song is great. <laughs> right. You know, so you want to listen to the whole song. Right. You know. It's funny because I let somebody I turn that song on before and you know it starts out and it's like really slow and and you know it's like somebody's like what's right. this what is this what like what turn this right. like slow stuff off and i was like this is your the big solo that you always listen to right you know right. this is like the <laughs> right. the stuff that you're trying to shed and like you've never even listened to the beginning of the tune yeah exactly it's amazing exactly it's like, amazing you put it on and they're like okay this is this? lame what is <laughs> and then they go oh really yeah you know it's like but that's what i mean is the sharing of information there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of guys today that don't know that there's a whole song attached to that yeah you know? <laughs> this is a tune you know and, um, yeah <laughs> You know, and so, um, you know, it's just like, it's just like never playing all of, like you mentioned Bacaro, it's like never playing all of Rosanna, just just that horn lick mm-hmm. over and over again. You know, one chorus and a horn lick, one chorus and a horn lick. I said, okay, well, there's a whole, there's a whole, whole thing going on here. Right. You know. Oh, such a, such an amazing groove too. I love that yeah. tune. You know, 
one thing that 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 you do really really well is phrasing and i think phrasing um kind of goes over people's heads a little bit and and you know maybe they don't understand exactly how to approach it or or how to how to work on it so what's your approach to phrasing and what do you suggest other people do to practice their phrasing to first let's talk about what phrasing is and then and then how to really hone in on on uh, perfecting that honestly i build everything from rudiments mm-hmm. i've practiced maybe about i practice maybe about seven or eight of them and then just do combinations of the, of that you know you do your singles doubles power diddles um you double and triple power diddles your slams um we got the buzz you do your left right alternate left foot right foot you know you do that alternate mm-hmm. you know and um you know then you work on the foot you do some singles with your feet and then you just you could go then you can expand you do the triplets the doubles and all that kind of stuff you can do that but it's really just built off of rudiments you know rudiment if you play a paradiddle that is a groove just by itself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know you play a power a paradiddle and you just play that all around the drum set it's a groove sure you can make it feel like a solo adding the right elements to it. Mm-hmm. So you'd be surprised how many guys are not fundamentally sound, but they can play. Right. You know, like one, one thing when I talk with the drummers today, when I do clinics or if somebody takes a private lesson with me, I just say, okay, give me uh, eight, eights on the, on a hi-hat one and three on the kick, and then go through about five of the rudiments. So just do, first start off with three. Just do your singles, doubles, and paddles while you're keeping time with your feet. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys can't do just that. Yeah. A lot of guys today, when they do a fill, they stop the hi-hat. Some of them take their foot off the hi-hat. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and I, so then I play it for them. I say, okay, well, this is what you, this is what you play without the hi-hat. Now, keeping time with the hi-hat, this is what you're playing. Right. Just that one note blends it all together. Mm-hmm. But if you take that out, then it feels like time stopped. Yep. You know, so I just, I just kind of build from that perspective. I think one of the things that people miss about people like Steve Gadd and Buddy Rich is they were fundamentally sound. Mm-hmm. And everything that they played was built out of just rudiments right just knowing how to use them yeah i mean that whole so, that whole asia stuff is all it's it's a ratamacue yeah you know, it's one side yeah. of a ratamacue so, that yeah you know and uh so it's just a matter of you know once you're fundamentally sound see once you're fundamentally sound then you can allow yourself like i did an interview before and uh, i always say Practice is for execution. We practice so that we can execute. Mm-hmm. But we play so that we can feel. Mm, I like when that. You practice. You practice so that you don't. Have, so that you are in shape and you don't have to worry about whether you can execute. Right. You want to execute and be clean with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. But when you sit down to play music. Now you don't think about it. You're open to feel whatever the song is is saying because you've already practiced so that you can execute. So now you're not worried about whether you can execute. Mm-hmm. All you have now to concentrate on and deal with is just the feel of the song. Right. And I think guys today flip it now. They practice so that they can play. Right. Right. That makes total sense. So you practice, yeah. You practice so that you can play. Okay, well then, where where does the feel come in? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's the equivalent of uh, you know going hitting the gym if you're a professional football player. You know you don't you right. hit the you hit the gym so that you can perform on the football field, not so that you can go out on the field and lift four hundred pounds. 
Right. You know. Right. Because you know when when the, when you when you're out there on the field, now you gotta you gotta feel the play. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? As coach called the play. Now you gotta feel the play. You never know what happens mm-hmm. because now you may have to, you know, make a. Now you may have to make a change. Sure. A quick change. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. But if you're only concerned about the tackle, then you miss everything else happening around. Okay, you tackled your man, but uh, <laughs> he didn't have the ball. <laughs> you didn't have to tackle your man because he was already picked off by something else. Right. And right. You could have spun around and got yourself open and free and score. Mm-hmm. But you tackle the man. Now we, now we, we. We didn't score, you know. We didn't make the yards that we wanted to make, and now we gotta create something else, right? Because you're not paying attention to what's happening on the field. Mm-hmm. All you worried about is that you've lifted enough weight to be able to tackle your man, whoever your man is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or you know, play that field that you've been working on in practice the whole time. You know, when you're yeah. in your in the so I, in the shed. Yeah, so a lot of guys practice, practice, practice so they can play. And that's all they, they get on a drum, you know, boom, they can play right away. Right. Give me a solo. Boom, right away. Okay, now we're going to listen to this song uh, two times, and then we're going to play it through. Mm-hmm. If you don't condition yourself to understand arrangement and song form and uh, condition yourself to play musical, then you're, there's no way you're going to be able to do that gig. Right, right. And, you know, I think it's hard because a lot of that is intangible. Like, I can, I can measure whether or not I can play paradiddles at 250 BPMs. I can measure whether I can, you know, play rudiments on my feet at, at 250 BPMs. But it's hard to measure whether I can play with feeling or whether I know how to make it groove or whether, you know, I can, I can understand song structure and, and form and melody and stuff like that. You know, it's sort of an, an intangible. And I think that it, there's a mental disconnect with that, of learning that stuff. Um, would you agree or disagree with that? Oh, definitely. 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 You know, um, You know, I know, I know who, you know, it's like the musicians, you know, the Steve Gadd's generation, they knew music. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew, they practiced, they definitely do that, but they knew, they they knew music. They knew what was going on on the music scene. You know, they knew who was playing with who, what were the popular songs. You know what I mean? And they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, today, you know, you say uh, to, a, to a guy, you know, like you said, you, it's like, okay, well, do you know Asia? And they say, yeah, Steve Gadd killed that song, killed that <laughs> song. And they're only talking about the solo section. Right. And I was like, okay, well, um, you play the song. And it's like, okay, what's this? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like uh, this. This is Asia. What? Yeah. Where's the solo? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, but that comes. You know, that's something, and you can't teach love. Right. You have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and. You know, the fact that we love the song, that's, and we love the fact that we get it and that we understand the song and that we just love listening to the song, you know, that's the difference from where we come from and where these guys come from. That's the difference because, you know, um, Steve Steve Gadd did sound great in this whole session, but I love the song itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. So, do you think you can you can teach or learn feel, or do you think that's just something that you either have or you don't? No, you can you can. 
I, you can, everybody has a feel. Right. It, it may, you know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like people come out and they just don't have a feel. Everybody feel is just interpretation of, you know, the way you play the song and how you hear it. Mm-hmm. It says what, what great teachers do is help you maximize on what you already have. Right. And what's happening is a lot of people are not in touch with what they have. Mm-hmm. They're just in touch of what they can do. Right, right. It's a big difference from what you have and what you can do. And uh, so I think it's playing now has become more physical. It's, it's more physical and not internal. Right. More of like athletes rather than. Yeah, yeah. It's It's just, okay. I know I can roll around this whole set 20,000 times and could I practice that? And that's right. exactly what I'm going to do when I get up there is premeditate it. They think about it and they know exactly what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, but music is not, when it comes to feel, music is not like that. Right. You know, when you record, okay, you get the idea and you're trying to tell the best story that you can of this song in five minutes because you want to get on the radio. But then when you do a live show, you know, you still have the foundation of the song, but now it's about communicating with everybody on stage for a moment, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because that's why we love what we do is you practice one way and you get to a show and somebody does something and that changes the whole feel and now we're involved in a moment and you know that is something bigger than us Mm -hmm. that's where the magic happens that's the lightning in a bottle that's where the magic happens and that's the problem you can't create a moment moments uh that's a blessing that just happens Mm -hmm. when everybody is on one accord you know, mm-hmm. then the moment happens, but you have to be on one accord for a moment to happen. Right, right. You know, and not to having and your your own exactly. personal agenda. Exactly. Right. But people now come in because they practice how to play this a certain way. That's all they concentrated on. Mm-hmm. So they know that this lick goes here is gonna go there every time. Right. No matter what somebody else plays. This is what I do every time. This is how it's going to go. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. So here, you know, this this podcast is always about about motivation and and inspiration and education for for drummers out there and you've provided a ton of information. You've I'm sure that you've inspired a ton of people out there. Give give them a little something that can motivate them, a, a little something that say, hey, you know, like I did this, you can do this, and, and some advice that you would have for the listeners out there. Um, as far as far as. The the rough part, the guys today are not prepared for the reality of the business. Mm-hmm. The, they just concentrate on uh, getting the gig and having fun. And right. the guys, you know, our our battle is we we all do this because we love it on some level. We love it on some level. Mm-hmm. The problem comes in is when you're working, but 80% of the stuff that you're working on is not actually what you love. Right. If you're blessed and if you're lucky you'll get to 20 to 25 or 30% of the things you do, you love. The things that's going to provide your career and keep you going are not things that you love. Mm -hmm. And this is where everything else comes in. 
because the reality of it is is that 80% of the work you do, you, you're not really a part of it. Right. You know, you, when you play with artists, you're conveying the story that they want to tell. Mm-hmm. And there's very, very little you involved. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, so as a musician, you struggle with that. Right. Because you're working, you're making money, you're getting seen, you're doing what you love to do as a profession, but you notice that the things that you're doing is not what you're in love with. Right. And so now you try to fill that void with everything else. Mm-hmm. And so my advice is to understand that first. First, love what you do first. Forget the fame and forget having a name and all that kind of stuff. Love what you do first and get in touch with how much you love it. Get in touch with that first. Mm-hmm. Because when you're on a tour for a year or two years and there's music that you, it's okay, but it's not what you're really into, you know, then what's going to carry you then? Right. So to make yourself more stable, just get in touch with the love and, and, you know, where you're trying to go as a musician where you're trying to go as a drummer, keep that close to you. Mm -hmm. Whoever inspires you, whatever, whatever music inspires you, keep that close to you. So just in case, when that time comes, you're involved in something and there's very little you, there's very little you a part of it. At least you can. At least you can go to those things that do inspire you when you get off stage, right? When you get back to your room, or when you're on a bus, or when you're on a plane. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of a lot of guys don't prepare for that because it's a harsh reality. Yeah. You know, we love we love Steve Gadd. We love Benny. You know, we love you know Dennis Chambers and. Aaron Spears and Tony Mercer and all these guys that Chris Coleman and Will Kennedy and all these guys that are huge, you know, Glenn Campbell, Greg Hutchison and Gerald Haywood, you know, but these guys went through something to get where they are now. Right. To get to your, the gig that you really want, there's a lot more gigs that you really didn't want to stay on, but you had to. Right. You know, again, we're talking about backstory. You know, all these people who are huge now have a backstory. Sure. Sure. And that's the that's the thing we have to now get in touch with, you know, and understand, okay, why first ask it why are you doing this? If you truly love what you do and you understand where you're trying to go with it, then that will stabilize you a little more, you know, for those moments that when you're playing on or working with people that, you know, you it's cool, but it's not, you know, what you really want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's more, that's, that's more of the advice I, I would give, you know, because guys can play. I don't think they really need more advice about, physical playing. Sure, sure. I think now it's more about sharing information and getting in touch with who they are because it goes very fast, especially today, you know, with uh, endorsements flying all over the place and clinics and and clinic tours flying all over the place. That's all good. You mm-hmm. know, and you get you get so distracted with just doing that and getting your your name on, you know, YouTube and Instagram and uh, social cam and all these other things, you know, that once they're off stage, you know, their their heart and mind and their spirit is not prepared for that battle. 
of, okay, I'm working and I'm involved and I'm engaged in my career, but, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing what I really, you know, the music that I really love to do. Right. And so now I got to figure out how to navigate through this because now for the next year or two years, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I think... I would just say guys are going to touch with that. Sure, sure. And that's always been the goal for Drummer's Resource was that... You know, there's a thousand websites out there that teach people how to physically play better, you know, but I want to teach people more about, you know, staying motivated, staying inspired, but also understanding, you know, the business side of things and how to, you know, how to market yourself and how how the inside of this business actually works, because I think that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of mis misinformation that's out there or, or incorrect information out there of of the reality of the business, and so I always try to uh, right. you know put that forward so that people understand the 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 truth and the ins and outs of it, and it, and it can be great, but I don't want anybody going into this business blindly or or you know get in and find out some things that maybe they didn't realize is the truth. So yeah, I mean when you talk to guys like that, you know. You know, the Keith Carlocks and all those guys. You know, when you talk to people like that and you get their backstory, we, you know, we come from, you know, especially me, I, you know, not especially, but people like us, you know, we come from doing the $50 gig, mm-hmm. bringing our own drum set down and playing two and three sets, you know, for $50 and, you know, just working our stuff out in, the, in some small club. You know what I mean? Not on stage, not where people already know our name. We're just working stuff out, mm-hmm. you know. And there's there's a 25-year, 30-year history. You know, I grew up playing in church. Right. You know, and a lot of times for no money, but just right. playing all day, doing concerts, playing all day. Learning music, retaining music. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that guys don't read. Like, I can remember songs that I played 30 and 35 years ago. Some guys can't remember songs they played just last year. Right. You know, once you condition yourself, or some, you know, condition yourself to learning music and understand just song form. Okay, this is the intro, this is the verse. We'll either go from intro to chorus, then verse but we'll go from intro straight to the verse. Then we'll go to B section, then there's chorus. And then there may be a four-bar interlude before we get to the second verse, or maybe it goes straight to the verse. Then we go back to the chorus, then we go to the bridge, and then we do a breakdown, then the drive. Mm -hmm. Just understanding just form, song form. Right. You know, and there's a lot of different forms of how things go. There's, you know, whether it's the A B C or whether it's A B and then A B C and then there's you know, it there are different variations of it. But mm-hmm. when you listen to enough music and you condition yourself to understand form and understand how song form works, then it becomes a lot easier because you can here, so like I play with a lot of musicians today now that can't catch on to a song pattern. Right. You play the whole song and they're just they're, they're, they're trying, but they're they're lost. You know, it's like you know because they're so concerned with what to play mm-hmm. and not listening. You know, right. train ear training. It's like we we physical train a lot mm-hmm. and too much. There now has to be an air train. Mm-hmm. You know, where we train our ear to understand, okay, this is the form. I can pick this up. I got it. I got it. Boom. There we go. I agree. You know, so that's what's important. You know, it's great to physically train, but it's time to ear train, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. that you can work. Yeah. You know, and not just work, but just be educated and actually add other elements of playing into your playing. Right, right. And you become more interesting to listen to. Mhm. I know. I think um, that's I think that's great advice, man. I really do. 
think there there definitely needs yeah. to be definitely needs to be more of that. So, so what's the what's the future hold for you? What what uh what are you looking forward to in the future? Um, I mean, of course, number one, just playing more music, but um, I'm getting involved a little more with you know clinics and um, a little more with self promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just the day we live in. Sure. You know, and and I think that, you know, on the good side of today is that this is the first time in history where you don't need a record company to actually work and be successful. Agreed. So I think I think the guys are the generation today is moving in the right direction in that capacity is because everybody now is just taking their own career by the reins. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And I enforce and I, and that. I tell all these guys that now, because of today, don't wait until you're my age to start getting into writing music and arranging music. Do it now, because now your voice is heard because of the Internet. Mm-hmm. Your voice is easily heard now, and nobody can deny that. So... You know, I always tell these guys, when you come off the road or when you come, whatever you're doing, go home, get with your friends, write some music. Just get in, jam, do something, record it. Mm-hmm. Come up with some ideas because today is the day where you have, we have that freedom, where your music can be heard. Yep. So um, I'm getting more into that with with some friends, you know, doing more personal projects and more things that's more closer to my heart than just working. You know? mm-hmm. Sure. And I love to work. It's a, you know, but there's a place for everything. You know, I feel like there's a place for everything. I don't think we need to, it's about balance. I don't think we need to have that off balance anymore. Now we can balance it out a little more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I definitely am looking forward to working, but I will be doing more projects where I'm actually involved in production and uh, and arranging. Well, man, I'm that's looking it. forward to yeah, hearing some it. of that stuff. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, man, I absolutely. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So, and anytime you know, anytime anything's uh, anything you're coming out with or or you have uh, on the radar, man, please let me know, and I'll definitely be sure to share it with with the Drummers Resource community. And I just want to thank you for taking all this time to chat with me today. Um, I know I know you're very busy, and I know that you served up a ton of information for the listeners, and I really, really do appreciate it, man. So I just want to say thank you, and uh, and I'll definitely be be talking to you soon, man. Well, I want to say thank you to you for having this vehicle for information. You know, and this truly shows the love that you have. For the for music and for drummers and for the industry to be able to inform us, you know, out, you know, with the drums and outside the drums. Well, thank so you, man. Thank I appreciate you. that. Thank you, for, and thank you for having me. Absolutely, I'm man. You you're welcome. It, man. Thank you so much. You are welcome anytime, man. It was a, it was a great pleasure to talk to you and to to get to know you, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Definitely. And I look forward to the same. So thank you so much. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye. So there you have it, Mr. Nathaniel Townsley. And head over to drummersresource.com forward slash session 87 if you want to learn more about Nathaniel and you want to check out some of the links and some of the information that we talked about within the interview. And if you haven't heard about the Working Drummer series that we do at Drummer's Resource, it is a series that Zach Albetta, who is the contributing writer for Drummer's Resource, writes about drummers that you may not know, but they are having there they have a full-time career playing music and, and play with a variety of different bands. So just to shine a spotlight on those types of drummers. And this Wednesday, the story is awesome. It's about Billy Brimblecombe, who's was a 28-year-old session drummer and developed a rare form of cancer and then had his leg amputated from the knee down and has returned to session drumming. And it's an amazing story, so I'm really excited about that. That's coming out 
this Wednesday, um, that'll be February, I guess the 5th, right? Is that February? This Wednesday. So <laughs> it'll be out then. Um, and that's written by Zach Albetta. So you should definitely check that out. And the webinar that I do every week is Marketing for the Modern Musician to teach you how to get more followers, more exposure, more gigs, grow your fan base, use social media, grow your mailing list, what you need on your website, all of that stuff I cover in the webinar. It's 100% free. And if you're interested to learn more about that or signing up, just go to drummersresource.com forward slash register. And as I mentioned, I'm going to start doing a question of the day. And the question of the day is, what are you currently struggling with? Let me know. I'd love to hear, um, you know, what what's going on either behind the kid or with the the music business stuff or any of that. And uh, yeah, leave that leave that in the show notes page at drummersresource.com forward slash session 87. And I'll do anything I can to help you out. Visit drummersresource.com or facebook.com forward slash drummersresource. I'm on Twitter at drummersrsource and on Instagram at drummersresource. And until the next podcast, thank you so much for listening. Keep drumming. I really do appreciate it, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.